Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, find out which episodes are coming up, and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Welcome, my lovely listeners, to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. And today we're going to talk about a topic that lots of us want to know more about. Boy, do we sometimes have some issues with, and that's our skin. And I am absolutely honored and delighted to be joined by one of my favorite people, and that is Dr. Kira Barr. Welcome to the show, Kira. Thank you. I'm excited for our conversation. We've we've had other amazing conversations. This is going to be no different. Oh, I know. It's so wonderful. I mean, just I'm going to let my listeners know a little bit about you because I love this, that you blend science with soul. I mean, that just touches my heart. But you're a somatic coach, you're a breathwork guide, and you are a dual certified integrative dermatologist. So that really is the science with the other side so strongly. And you are the host of a wonderful podcast called Skimmy Dipping Prescriptions and the creator of Somatic Skincare. And I know we're going to dive more into Somatic Skincare and what that really is. Wow, where to start? I mean, maybe a good place to start is women, menopause, and all the stress of that. I mean, how does that quite commonly show up in our skin? Yeah, I apologize in advance. Hopefully you can hear the construction in the background. They literally were quiet all morning and just decided to start. Um, I think one of the biggest things is the role that estrogen and progesterone play in our overall skin health. Estrogen in particular plays a significant role in um, helping us maintain that youthful, plumpy appearance. Estrogen plays a role in hyaluronic acid production. So that's what people are spending thousands of dollars to inject into their skin. And estrogen produces that naturally. Estrogen also plays a role in maintaining um, your hair growth cycle. And so as we head into the perimenopausal phase of life, postmenopause, and our natural estrogen levels are declining, you might see that your skin is a little drier, a little thinner, um, a little bit more fine lines and wrinkles because there isn't as abundant production of the hyaluronic acid. And women may also notice finer hair, thinner hair, um, slower growth as well. Yeah. So, so things that we can't really miss. Exactly. Exactly. And I would offer too, um, you know, progesterone is one of the, is the hormone, the sex hormone that starts to decline first, right? It's progesterone, then um, estrogen, and then our androgens. And progesterone also plays a role in the hair growth um, cycle as well. And the interplay between progesterone and our androgens. 
And progesterone plays a really important role in blocking an enzyme that contributes to um, thinning of the hair follicle in the shaft and what we call miniaturization of the hair follicle. So as um, progesterone is declining on the scalp, what can happen is that enzyme that it has a role in blocking um, has a little bit more leeway and freedom. So women might notice widening of their part, thinning of the hair, and what looks like female pattern baldness. And that's because of the role that that progesterone plays in in hair growth as well. So they may notice thinning of hair on their scalp, but it has the opposite effect on the face. The women might notice, oh my gosh, I'm going bald, I'm growing a beard, WTF. And that is why it is, it is that interplay of the role that all your hormones have with each other. And as they're naturally declining in, in uh, the menopausal phase of life, you may see these things. Yes. And that can be really quite distressing for us because I think, you know, we talk about hair being our crowning glory. And of course, no one wants to be this crone with this and the pulling and, and carrying on that we seem to then do. Yeah. Our maintenance is through the roof at times. It can be. I mean, in the U.S., you know, the statistics are the average American woman spends upwards of a quarter of a million dollars on her appearance over the course of her lifetime. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And for the most part, the return on that investment is not significantly high. Most women are investing all of this money, but they're still not pleased with their appearance. They're still not loving on themselves. Um, And we've been conditioned to believe that because it's not good enough, right? We're still aging, but we should be anti-aging. And that's a whole nother issue and problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, then, then we're not happy with the way we look and they can have other problems, can't we? We can see acne or rosacea flaring up and I had really horrible perimenopausal rosacea and then all of a sudden I didn't yeah (laughs) I would offer too that whole concept of then we're not happy with our appearance and a lot of this is in terms of everything that the work that you do um, and a lot of the work I do in terms of that mindset and the thoughts the habits and the beliefs and where our attention goes our energy is flowing as well right yeah And so when we have this negative chatter, that impacts your hormones as well. So your primary stress hormone cortisol is going up. All hormones are derived from the same building blocks. Your hormones that are already on decline are going to take a back seat. So some of your menopause symptoms are going to be exacerbated and cortisol itself stimulates your oil glands to contribute to acne and rosacea. It shuts down your digestion because your body is not interested in digesting food if, you, if your body feels like it's under threat. And we know there's a strong link between the gut and the skin, especially in rosacea. Yeah. And cortisol does a number on your collagen and your elastin. So those fine lines, those wrinkles, the skin sag, those are going to be accelerated and magnified when we're in a heightened chronic stressed. It's so true. I mean, I remember once going on a week-long retreat and being completely relaxed. And and the teacher said at the end, take a look at your face and see whether your lines have gone. And all these furrow lines that I had, you know, from years of screwing up and being cross in the office, they, they were suddenly gone 
when you'd allowed this cortisol level to sink. That was amazing. So yes, Kira, stress is a shocker on your skin. It really is. And not to vilify stress, right? Stress and our stress response is a normal adaptive process in our biology that we need. We need it to survive. The challenge for so many of us, though, is that we are in a state of feeling like we are always under constant duress, which is not our fault. If you ever watch the news, you know, you're paying attention to the world around you and natural disasters and mm. violence. And I mean, there are so many factors that contribute to being a stressor in our lives. And I think you and I, though, in the work that we do, it's creating opportunities to learn the skills and the resources can control things outside of ourselves, but if we can find a way to help regulate our own nervous system, to help bring our stress response back into some sort of balance, then you can see softening of those lines, reduction of you know inflammation in the skin, and you know a, a more. I mean, menopause is is a transition, and there's going to be shifts and change, but maybe not as abrupt or as you know. Um, dis uh disconcerting <laughs> of an evolution you know yeah and, and and you're right and that's so true there's just such a lot coming at us and we live in a stressful environment we live in a toxic environment and we're also live in an anti-aging so i mean there's a lot of stuff coming at us yeah at this time of life and it shows in our complexion doesn't it it Absolutely does. And this anti-aging, um, you and I have had this conversation before, it drives me bonkers. I understand the concept. I understand that we have opportunities through our choices and our lifestyle habits that we can age more healthily, enhance our resilience, you know, support our longevity. There is no room for anti in that. We don't want, I mean, I'm grateful to be aging, to see my children grow, to experience life. I think it's a really poor choice of words to offer that we should be anti anything about ourselves, especially the opportunity to age that not everyone gets. No, definitely. I mean, you're a clinician, you know, that's true. There are literally millions and women, particularly in the, the global South, who will never reach menopause. Mm -hmm. And it's a privilege to age and to be in a place where we can choose to age well. It's, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'll name like, listen, I'm saying all this. Do I love that? You know, I, I do dye my hair. That, you know, it's getting to be that my grays are coming in a little bit more frequently, um, that I am noticing more fine lines and wrinkles, that my boobs are a little bit saggier. Like, I'm not saying I love all the changes because I'd be a hypocrite to say that. But I think I have learned, right, there's this and. It used to be an either or. Like, you know, there's, there's stretch marks or cellulite. And it was always like a very negative and critical thing. But there's an opportunity to say, yes, this is here. These changes are here. And also, right, those lines are because I have lived a life where I get to laugh and enjoy. And those are memories. And the function that these 
saggy breasts have performed to help nourish my kids, um, you know, and the thighs that might have stretch marks and cellulite have allowed me to bike across Europe, bike across the country, run marathons, carry my kids on my hips, like all of those things. Can we shift the lens and the conversation that we have with ourselves to be more nourishing? Yes, there's this and versus just an yeah. or. Yes. And I, and I really, really love that, Kira, because then, you know, being hard on yourself is, is the hardest thing because the more critical you are, it's like a vicious cycle. It's so hard to break out of that constant criticism. And it, it then affects your mind the way you see the world. It isn't just like you stand there and go, God, I hate these wrinkles. I mean, not all of us love all of us all of the time, as you rightly said. But but when we use that kind of language, it's like turning it inwards. It's like drinking poison and hoping that the person will die, but it, you're turning everything onto you. It's horrible. It really is. Um, and most of us aren't aware that that is the soundtrack that is playing all the time in our minds because it's become so commonplace. And it wasn't ours to begin with, right? A lot of this soundtrack was installed by media, by, you know, society at large, by maybe a teacher or a parent or someone who commented on the way you walked or the way you looked. And you now have assimilated that as if it's truth without questioning it. And I think that's the opportunity is that awareness of just tuning in, like what is the soundtrack? Like what, and not to just change the dial right away because that doesn't necessarily work. It's being with it, acknowledging that it's here and then deciding on purpose what you truly want to believe. But a lot of that, that is kind of that, um, where I find limitations in just doing thought work. That's really where we incorporate the body and notice where we're, where we feel when we say those things, when we make harsh criticisms, where do we feel that in our body? Cause that's kind of where the, yeah. what we call trauma, that's where it landed when it was first said or, you know, yes. put upon us. Yeah. And it stays there for such a long time. And, and you're right. We're sometimes not aware cause we've disconnected from that feeling and and we're just allowing the roots, the thoughts to run in our head. But the root of it is deep in the cells of our, our bodies. And we have to work that out, don't we? We do. And it's not comfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think yeah. most of us yeah. don't want to go there because it's uncomfortable. And it's easier to just stay in our head and um, just try and think our way out of it. But it's when we are open to the possibility that the lump in our throat or that tightness in our chest or the knot in our belly is actually an invitation to be with, to be in relationship. And for me, that's how I've really come to think about skincare. It's not how I was trained to think about skincare, but skincare is about relationship. The relationship between our mind, our body, and our skin, our mind and our skin are derived from the same layer of embryologic tissue. So there is a bi-directional communication at all times. 
our skin actually has the same mechanism that your brain does in terms of the stress response and being able to generate those stress hormones. But it's also our relationship to the thoughts that we have, our beliefs about ourselves, our relationship to being able to be present with what's here for us right now. And I think most of the distress that happens is because we are stuck in the past, kind of playing over that soundtrack, or we're really worrying about the future versus being willing to just notice what is happening in this moment for us and allowing it to be okay for whatever is here. Yes, and that, that is the whole mindful part of living. And that is so incredibly hard as well because we have been trained for tens and tens of years to operate completely differently. And being present, as you said, can feel very uncomfortable. And I apologize. There's so much. I hopefully the, the noise in the background is, is not. <laughs> Don't too worry bad. about that. That uh, just sounds like a buzzy bee. And yeah, <laughs> okay. a buzzy bee downstairs. Um, buzzy bee. Yeah. And I think that's where most of us, um, you know, in terms of because it is uncomfortable, we overwork. We try and keep ourselves busy. We distract from right this scrolling social media. We overexercise. We might grab for that extra glass of wine. Stress eating. Uh, whatever your distraction du jour is. And we've all done it. And I would also offer, give yourself some grace when you do, Mm. because it isn't comfortable and you are just doing what you think you need to be doing to survive this, this situation right now. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But then you get to decide, okay, is it serving me? This is what, you know, this idea of skinny dipping is all about. Yes, you look yes. at what's here on the surface and then examine, can I, is there anything I need to strip away shed that isn't serving my higher good right now? And change is hard, but yes. it's very worth it, especially yes. if you're feeling exhausted and overwhelmed and uncomfortable in your skin. Yes. And there's a, there's a great need, I think, then to start, as you say, to shed, you know, um, you know, we've got so much stuff. I would say that I think most women by this stage of our life, we are overthinking, overgiving and overworking. And there's no, there's no bandwidth for anything else. We're, we're like on this conveyor belt and it's like, could I, you know, I'm sure we'd all love to get off. But we have to give ourselves the grace and stop to do that. It's so interesting. I had a woman um, come to me recently, and that was exactly what she said. She said, there's so much noise. There's so much information. I don't know where to start because she, she wants to age you know, healthfully and age well. But there's, she's listened to podcasts. She's read the books. She's listened to this. And, then, and it feels so overwhelming. And she said, where do I start? Because she really just wanted a grocery list, a meal plan, supplements to use, the topical skincare products. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you can, you can start with all those things. It's not going to give you the return on the investment that you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Start with your why. Why is it important for you to get all of this on track right now? What is driving that for you? And it came out that She's caring for her ailing mother. She's overgiving, overworking, and there's no time for her, right? And it's at the 
underneath of all of that is all the stress that that is creating for her. Yes. So it comes back to mindfulness. What resources, external and internal, can you lean into to help you regulate that stress response? And I think you, you and I would both agree that you don't have to add to your to-do list turning towards your breath, right? It's something that's with you all the time that to mindfully pay attention to just how you're breathing or if you're breathing or if you've been holding your breath this whole time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think most people literally hold their breath. I mean, I often do an exercise where I get people to hold their hand and then just clench a fist and ask them how they can breathe. And they kind of go, oh, can't. And then I said, well, now just open your hand and relax. And then just those various, I mean, that's not a complicated mindfulness exercise that requires you to be a meditator. But suddenly you're like, oh, yes, that's how I walk around all the time with a clench. All my muscles are tense, our shoulders are tense. We have back pain, head pains, jaw, jaw my, my jaw before I became a mindfulness teacher. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love that. I just did that. Oh, I just <laughs> did what you suggested, clenched my fist and I felt, I was like, oh, my breath caught. Yeah. And I think that's um, the key, even though I've been doing this work for a long time, this is why I do it because I constantly am reminding myself, breathe, pause for a second. I wake up a lot of times, my shoulders are by my ears. It's just, you know, that wired response that I'm working still so diligently to remind myself that bring your shoulders down. Yeah. That is just bracing for impact of all patterning in my body. Mm-hmm. And it's just paying attention with intention of like, oh, where are your shoulders? Where's your breath? And it can be as simple as, like you said, just noticing, you know, how you're breathing if you grip. But it's something that we have to do constantly. This is not a one and done. It's kind of a checking in with ourselves throughout the day, throughout the hour. Yeah. Yeah. And just noticing um, what is arising and what is present. And most of us aren't. It took me a long time to, to be able to um, attune, but, um, yes, wonderful skill to learn because then you can really give yourself what you need in that moment. You can. And I think the other is that over and above that noticing is noticing when you've got filters on and, and I only was literally came across this recently. I was listening to something on sounds true and this speaker was talking about filters and the fact that when people say, oh, mindfulness and meditation are very hard. And she talked about how sometimes we still, even though we're sitting there and breathing and everything, we're we're filtering what we're experiencing. And that blocks the true experience of of the mindfulness meditation. And I and I thought, wow, that was that was a huge revelation to me. If you're a business owner, you know these sounds mean sales. And from the sound of it, your business is growing. 
Whether you're fulfilling orders from your home office or warehouse, Stamps.com helps you stress less about mailing and shipping and spend more time doing what you love most. Listening to ASMR. I mean, growing your business. But as you grow, so does the need for efficiency. Stamps.com simplifies your shipping and mailing process. Import orders from wherever you sell online. Find the lowest rates with the fastest delivery times. Instantly deliver tracking updates to your customers. And buy shipping and mailing supplies when you run low. Save time and money on mailing and shipping. Get started at Stamps.com today with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. First of all, I love Sounds Truth. So many good resources there. Yeah. I'll also name, in terms of mindfulness and meditation, that pressure to feel like you have to be good at it. I think we, we think we have to do meditation right, that you have to sit still, that there's a right or wrong way to do it in terms of the filters of our experience and, and, and am I doing this right? Am I doing it wrong? And even this morning, as I was trying to do my meditation, I felt very impatient and sitting still didn't feel right. So I gave my, I was like, all right, sitting still doesn't feel right. What, what would, what would feel right? And I noticed that all of a sudden my body started to move and my arms, you know, expand and just leaning into and giving yourself permission to find your own way, right? Meditation is more about that connection to yourself, attuning to what's happening in this present moment. And it doesn't have to look any certain quote unquote way. No, no. And that, that is absolutely the key. So when you're working with skinny dipping, you explain a little bit more about that concept. We yeah. touched on it a bit earlier. Yeah. So when I was in clinical dermatology practice, we had to get people naked physically in order to teach them how to look at their skin. I always said, party in your, in your birthday suit, looking for any uninvited guests, because the focus of my practice was skin cancer and melanoma. And in the United States, skin cancer is the most, pre- most prevalent cancer. Um, but what I found is that, you know, our skin as our largest organ, it's a very vulnerable position to be <laughs> exposed. And we are judged, especially those of us socialized as women, for what's on our skin. Our worthiness and our value is attributed to our aesthetic. And so there's this emotional and um, mental piece to the embodied experience of living in the skin that we're in. So skinny dipping is really examining what is here physically, emotionally, mentally, and being willing to kind of shed or knowing how to shed the thoughts, the habits, the beliefs that are weighing us down from that experience of living comfortably in the skin of ours. So it is more of a holistic approach to, you know, looking at our lifestyle habits, looking into our relationship. What is our relationship with our body? How do we see ourselves? How do we think about ourselves? And then teaching women the skills, the tools, and the resources of how to regulate their stress response, live mindfully um, so that they can find that comfort and confidence, regardless of what's happening in the world around them, because you can't control that. No, no. And and that's so powerful, Kira, because 
You're right. All the things when we stand there vulnerably stripped off. I mean, lots of women are incredibly uncomfortable to do that in the clinic, clinics, with in front of their partners as they go through menopause. A lot of women will say, well, I'm really hideous now and it, it affects their relationships. And it isn't, I think, till we're much older that we're kind of okay with it again. But we're very vulnerable in those perimenopause and early menopause, postmenopause years because we're carrying around concepts of thinking we should look a lot younger than we actually maybe do. And we're not okay because of the external messages we're receiving. That is so true. And I've had so many women share that they get dressed and undressed in the dark in their closet, um, not letting their partner see how they look. And it affects intimacy and their ability to experience sexual pleasure because, you know, as things are shifting and hormones are declining, some women experience vaginal dryness and irritation, and there are things to support that. But it's that discomfort of, you know, the thoughts of what do I look like? How is this going? What are they thinking about me? And there is an opportunity to bring mindfulness into that experience of really, how does it feel? What is the temperature? What is the sensation, the breath? Bringing mindfulness into that intimate experience, first with yourself, and it doesn't have to be sexual in nature, but really just getting comfortable with yourself. And then you bring that into a relationship with a partner And the experience of pleasure is so heightened. There can be better sex with mindfulness in the perimenopausal phase, in the postmenopausal phase, regardless of your body shape, size, what's going on, right? You don't have to um, give up parts of yourself just because you are in a different stage of life and your body may or may not look the way that it used to. No. And I think we also are building stories in our heads, Kira, about what our partner thinks uh, about our body, which is often very off off kilter, actually, because they probably, they love you for the human you are, not the fact that you've gained a wrinkle or a few extra pounds, really. It's so true. Because I'll, I mean, I have my moments where, you know, I'll be self-critical and I'll say something and my husband will say, what are you talking about? I'm not, I have no, I don't see what you see. I'm like, you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> so yeah. We are our own worst critic. And here's the other thing. Your partner is also having their own story, their own thoughts, their own worries, their own insecurities. Mm. And I do think it's an opportunity for connection and communication to say, I'm feeling this way. You know, and so that may make me withdraw or it may make me this or, you know, I'm feeling a certain way. And it allows for a deeper connection and communication. And you might find, oh, you know, it it releases some of that weight and that discomfort because you can just like free yourself from it in many ways. Just by being, you know, vulnerability is not easy. Yeah. But um, and it takes practice, but man, it feels like a weight has been lifted off your chest. Oh, it does. It certainly does. It's not something we're trained 
to do in our world. We're trying to put our armor on and go out there. But when we can be more vulnerable, the depth of relationships we can form, it's, it's on a different level. Yeah, I mean, I love it in terms of, you know, when, when women I work with say, you know, I, I want to lose weight. I want, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like we just said, like being vulnerable, using your voice, attuning to what you truly need and asking for it or giving it to yourself. That sheds layers and layers of exhaustion and overwhelm and the people pleasing. And I promise you, you'll feel pounds and pounds lighter. And the scale, you don't have to change your diet, although there's opportunities to, you know, nourish yourself in ways <laughs> that could be more, <laughs> be more energy, but like it's, it's, we feel weighed down from things that we can be empowered to, to shift and change. And again, all of that affects your stress response, increases that primary stress hormone cortisol, which does affect your other hormones, blood sugar dysregulation and insulin, which helps, you know, keep that fat Mm -hmm. on your body. So if we are not addressing some of these other things, which you think aren't important, you're focused on the the grocery list and the meal plans. And I'm telling you, it's mindfulness and paying attention to how your body is responding to the stressors in your life and looking for what those stressors might be. Maybe it's clutter in your environment, you know, your sleep hygiene, mm-hmm. how you're eating, not just what you're eating, but your how and your why you're eating. Yes. Your communication, all of those things play a role in activating that stress response, which is directly linked to weight gain, wrinkles, fine lines, all the things that you're yes. worried about that you're looking for external products. <laughs> yeah. That's related to your stress. And so I, I think what I would ask is that the secret to real beautiful skin isn't about spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and going under some of the most shocking procedures, but really related to stress. If I'm- I would say so. Um, there is value in some of those things, right? I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing those. They have a place. But glowing skin, comfort in your skin, is being open to accepting yourself as you are at the stage of life you are. Like you got here and your body has like been at your side, that it's the home in which you live. And it's learning how to, in any way, shape or form that you can, to celebrate it. Yeah. I mean, that is beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That really is. Are you suffering from hot flashes? End hot flashes and night sweats for good with Sleep Me's award-winning sleep systems. It's a mattress topper that goes on top your current mattress, so you don't need to buy a new mattress. It uses water's thermal powers to cool your bed to as low as 55 degrees, and that means no matter how hot you get, you can sleep at your ideal temperature. It's customized climate-controlled sleep solutions that improve your entire well-being. They work on all bed types, even adjustable ones. Worried because your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature? No sweat. They offer configurations to allow for dual temperature control from 55 to 115 degrees. 
even if you don't like the idea of getting in a cold bed, you can schedule temperature changes. Start the night cozy and your pre-programmed sleep system will automatically cool you down once you're asleep. If you're suffering from hot, uncomfortable sleep or know someone who is, you've got to check out Sleep Me at sleep.me meno thriving. That's sleep.me slash M-E-N-O-T-H-R-I-V-I-N-G. Plus, as a listener to this podcast, you can save 20% on a sleep system if you use promo code HOTFLASH, H-O-T-F-L-A-S-H. This really is a game changer and you need to check it out at sleep.me meno thriving. So within that, I mean, you have a concept you call somatic skincare. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what that is. Yeah, so soma is our body. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I view skincare as relationship, the relationship between our mind, our body, and our skin. And somatic skincare is teaching women the skills and resources of, of how to experience that embodied experience of living in the skin we're in with more ease, more calm, more joy, more freedom. And a lot of that ties back to mindfulness, right? Being aware yes. of being, you know, in relationship with what's happening for us in this mm. moment. Mm. A lot of us have been taught that it's not okay to be angry, that it's, that we should always be kind that anger somehow is bad and it's not, it's an, it's an actual emotion or that we shouldn't yes. cry and everything we, we shut down and we stifle ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I help women be able to learn how to be with that emotion to be able to move through it. You don't have to stay stuck in it. That's the problem. We get stuck in these coping strategies. Yes. And skincare products then become part of that coping strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because your skin is your ultimate boundary. We should talk about boundaries like, you know, but your skin is your ultimate boundary between you and the outside world. And so, yeah, skincare has a place. You want to nourish this barrier so that it can protect you from, you know, the air pollution and and the pathogens that, that you want to keep out. So it's a part, but the industry would make you think it's everything, but it's not. It's just a part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we've really touched on that because we've talked about the gut and we've talked about stress and we've talked about, yes, I mean, it's very cold here today. I I think it would be very drying in a cold, dry day today if I didn't put something on there as a barrier, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, 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 but we can end up spending, you know, like you said, a vast fortune and it moves the needle a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, there would be people I think who would argue with me and they'd be like, no, skincare products are, there are some great things, but in terms of sustainable results, long-term, and it's not just what your skin looks like, it's how you feel living in it a sense of confidence, a sense of um, feeling empowered and the joy. That's what we're looking for as well. It's one thing to look good, but you want to feel good and love your reasons 
Yeah. Or, you know, investing in all those other things. Yes, because I think you can, you can, without doubt, have a lot of procedures and temporarily look amazing. Yeah. And there are studies, you know, I'm, I've, I've had Botox. I definitely um, see value. Well, I mean, the medical studies on Botox for lots of other issues as well. But there was a study of uh, depression and use of Botox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was to, to um, soften these 11, right? because when we yeah. look in the mirror and we're scowling at ourselves and we have the frown lines and it just perpetuates that negative chatter in the conversation. So if you can soften yeah. those lines and you're trying to scowl, but you can't and your, repo- your face is in a softer repose, it opens a window of opportunity to be kinder and gentler to yourself. In the words that you yes. say. Yeah. That, that, that's a really interesting way to look at Botox, whereas most of the time we're saying, I'm using it to get rid of <laughs> X, Y, and Z uh, for, it, for the sake of getting rid of them. Right. But what if getting the filler and the Botox was so that there's more compassion and self-love and kindness towards oneself instead of being critical? there is celebration and you know again so it's just a different perspective there is room for all the things yeah. but it's your reason for why so that you can get the return on investment that you really want to be getting yeah exactly and that that's the important thing rather than and it you're right it's where it comes from and what it does for us that really matters And, you know, I can honestly say one of the best procedures I ever had was to have some light, light therapy type work because, yes, my rosacea did go away and I stopped thinking I was looking like this red blotchy person. Mm -hmm. And that made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Because I used to be so upset. People say, oh, you're very red. And I was thinking that's the worst thing you can be saying to me. You know, I really hated it and I couldn't cover it up. But when I had a lot of light therapy, and I had a lot, yeah, but it helped, mm-hmm. yeah, really a lot. And I feel so much better. I mean, I, it did, it went away post menopause for some reason, and and I don't. I mean, I used. To, I mean, really red. I mean, it was horrible, and you know. So I don't regret that investment in that time because I felt so much better. Yeah. And that's the value. And that's why I'm so grateful for modern medicine and technology because it can be a this and, right? It isn't an either or, it's this and. And there is value um, if doing a procedure or using a certain product helps instill confidence and some joy and pleasure. And then that helps you gain momentum to take the next step and the next one. Yeah. That's, that's important. That's really important. So there absolutely is room and value for it. And knowing that there's the, the external thing, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it, you know, for sustainable long-term results, it's an inside job. Yes. Yes. And I, and I would say that that's similarly how I think about HRT. And maybe my listeners have heard me say the same about hormone therapy, that if you are 
so crushed by your menopause symptoms, you know, then it's not an either or there either. Take the the hormone therapy, get yourself to a place where you can then make sustainable lifestyle and diet habits. You know, that that's fine. Because and it, you know because I work with Chinese medicine too, and we'd say they're not even working on the same things. That's stabilizing you, the hormone therapy, so you can work on the root causes that the mindfulness and these other approaches let you do. So that's really how science should be viewed as as a partner to other work. I couldn't agree more. I think sometimes we need the medicine, um, kind of to, if if it's think of it as a wound. It's a gaping wound and you're gushing blood and like you need acute care. You need to stop the hemorrhage. And then as the, the wound is healing, how do you support and facilitate so that wound can heal properly and, you know, and not leave, um, you know, just keep dehissing and opening up again, right? You want it to seal yeah. over. Yeah. And that's part of why I stopped prescribing bioidentical hormones in the work that I was doing, there is value. I, I see value in hormone replenishment. Yes. But even though women's hormones were balanced on paper, it became even more clear that they weren't sleeping well. They were still very irritable, arguing with their partner. And some of the other issues came to the surface that wasn't going to be resolved just by replenishing our hormones. And I think that's the myth that is being offered to a lot of women. Just take the hormones, the, all the symptoms will go away. Your mood will improve. You'll sleep better. And for some it is, it, it, you know, it, it does work quite well, but for many, there are other reasons for that. And a lot of that is mental and emotional, like the communication, Mm -hmm. the habits of not having appropriate like sleep hygiene and such. So I think it is always for me, it's this and, and we need a a comprehensive kind of integrative approach to living well. We do. We do. And maybe my final piece to you is to say, so ladies are listening to all of this (laughs) and they, they're going right again, sort of, it's an, and not an or, but if you had to have give women some guidance on how they can care for their skin, what would that be for glowing skin? How would that look on a daily basis for my listeners? On a daily basis. It's so funny because I just put a post on this um, on Instagram. In terms of topical, I think women always want to know the topical things. So for your morning routine, you know, if you think about upwards of 90% of visible signs of aging is from sun exposure. So washing with a gentle cleanser, a topical antioxidant serum that has vitamin C, vitamin E at a minimum, and a tinted moisturizer with SPF 30 or above, because the tint will also protect you from blue light from your devices. That would be my topical minimum, um, you know, daily. But really, as you're cleansing, use a soothing and compassionate touch. You know, speak kind words to the skin that is protecting you, that has been with you for all these years. As you're washing, you know, we talked about breath and just noticing your breath, maybe allowing yourself to take an extra long exhale as you are applying the serum, which signals to your body 
that it's okay to relax. And then even feeling your heels on the ground and grounding into the earth, feeling the support and connection, bringing you into the present moment as you're doing your skincare routine. So you're, you know, you're calming your nervous system. You're nourishing your skin simultaneously. So that's what I would recommend, right? It's a this and, right? You're using the topical, but you're also signaling to your body that there's love here, there's kindness, there's compassion, and you're connecting your mind with your body and your skin. Oh, that's that's just simply beautiful. I love that so much. And I hope the listeners can you know, just think, well, and you can do that because that that's freely available to us. And you're applying the stuff, you're doing the thing anyway. Yeah. It's just a simple shift in how you're doing it. And I would love, you know, to, to hear and give feedback, you know, of try it for a week or two weeks and just see if you notice. How's your day starting off when you approach your skincare routine from that perspective? Mm, definitely. So I, I encourage listeners to do it and, and give us the feedback because, I know, Kieran, I would love to hear that. Curious ever, it's just, wonderful to talk to you and this depth and passion that you have for I think the shifting ability to you know marry science with soul with you know bringing us more into the present moment is it's just so beautiful it's and it's so heartfelt for you I, I know how can my listeners get in touch with you learn more about the work that you're doing yeah, I think probably the three places would be um, my podcast, the Skinny Dipping Prescription Podcast, that you can find on all platforms, uh, on Instagram at Dr. Kira Barr, because I'm sharing more and more about this stress, skin, mind, body, skin connection. And then my website, drkirabar.com. That is beautiful. And we're going to put all of that into the show notes so that people can connect and just, I think, make that shift on a daily basis to loving the skin you're in. Yeah. And then on the, on the website or also on Instagram, you know, if people are curious, like how can I change up my skincare routine or does my skincare routine need a change? There's a very easy quiz that'll help you figure that out. So that's always available too as a kind of quick things, actionable things that you can do. And that's always a place that I'd love for people to start. That's fabulous. Kira, thank you yet again for coming on the show. I, I just loved this interview so much. Thank you. And I apologize for the noise, but it was great to be with you. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that, because it helps others to find the show. Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening, and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause. <laughs>